Hi there, fellow pickers. My name is Mike, and I have a special guest with me. Hiker Seaman, Mr. eBay himself, Carl Mandrilli. How's it going, everybody? How are we doing today? What's up, buddy? It's great to have you back on the show. How's everything going? Yeah, uh, it's going good. <laughs> so, yeah. we, we have to talk about the weather, because apparently you got a snowstorm in Colorado, huh? We don't have to talk about the weather. <laughs> we don't. No. No. Yeah. It, it did snow in Colorado, but that's not very interesting because yeah. it can snow here. It, that's what happens in Colorado in the mountain areas. So, yeah. yeah it's good to be back on the show, my friend. It's been a little while. Yeah. It's great. When you texted me and said uh, you wanted to record a pod, I was super excited. I love having you. love chatting with you. You're one of my, definitely one of my best friends that I have in this world. So, oh, thanks, man. You too. Happy to have you back. And, you know, you've got a got a couple of listeners that have been asking about you. So you want to give the give our listeners a little update about what's been going on? Yeah. So to the two people that might have been semi or like politely interested in where I went, I don't think people cared all that much. But uh, yeah, so I think I shared that I'm a teacher, and at the beginning of the school year, like unsuspectingly, I picked up an extra class I had to teach, and so that's kind of twofold. It just takes extra time to plan to prep but then it also takes away existing time i have to plan and prep and it took away more than i thought and so i'm i've been kind of hanging on for dear life with it and uh yeah actually like the, the other podcast i do that's a little bit more well established like that one i'm struggling just to get that out on a weekly basis and mm -hmm. so i couldn't i just couldn't do two so i told mike i would check in every once in a while and you know give some updates and share some stories from the selling circuit but I couldn't do it as consistently as we were doing it before. So my apologies, my friend. I'm sorry that it had to go down that way. I was not planning on that. It was just a su surprise. You get more work. <laughs> no apologies needed. I can take you. I'll take you when I can get you. And it's it's been a lot of fun being able to do this with Jennifer also. Mrs. Tupperware, she's been being called <laughs> lately. Right. Yeah, uh, for you, sure. She's great. You definitely got me up on my feet with this thing, and I, I see you were doing all the editing before, so I really see how much effort it does take to do these things, man. I spent oh, yeah. quite a bit of time on this, and it's still a pretty clunky episode when I put it out. So <laughs> forgiveness to all of you out there that are listening. It'll get better, I swear. This will be super smooth, my friend. We'll just make this we'll flow like like melted exactly. butter. Oh, that's Whatever perfect. That I love those kind. Yeah. I love those kind. All right. Well, it's good to have you back. And uh, so in this part of the segment, you'd like to give a couple of sales updates. What sold recently? And uh, so so uh, we we have always admired the people that sold a lot, had, took a lot of packages to the, to the UP, USPS or sold a lot in one day. And we finally got our first day where we sold five in one day, man. Yes. We're so excited. Yes. It's exciting to drop cool. off a, a bunch of packages, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I loved it. So okay. what What kind of a, do you, do you drop off five in one day? Do you have five days in, um, or five sales in a day? Yeah, but not very often. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think like four is more common. I would say if, for a big day, I'll have five, maybe once out of every three weeks. So okay. that's, but, and this is probably going to go to our topic for today. It's just kind of like the experience and knowing what sells and knowing what doesn't sell. So I know, what is going to, yeah, like I, I try to list things strategically, but yeah, so here's, okay, getting to the stories, like our, our picking season for, for what I like to do is, is mainly over at this point. So the last one that I went to, we had a community sale 
And my daughter runs cross country, so I couldn't, I basically could, just couldn't go. So I just went to the tail end. And there's actually a guy that I wanted to have on the show who I used to go picking with. And we're kind of like in and out of contact. And he actually happened to have a garage sale. And he's like, oh, I've been saving all these old like Apple products, like iPhones, iPads, iPods really? for you. So he pulls out this, uh, you know, bin of them basically like one of those like really small bins and he's like all right just you just make me an offer you can buy all this stuff for whatever mm-hmm. you know whatever you want whatever you think's fair which i hate when they do that especially when it's somebody you yeah, know me too. Um, so I, I don't remember how much of each was there so i basically offered him like a hundred dollars for like a stack of like three or four ipads so you know like a couple iphone sixes a couple iphone fives so these are pretty old things so mm-hmm. Maybe like five or six iPods, and yeah, is, am, am I? What do you think? Is, is that a ripoff? Am I ripping the guy off? Is that a good deal? Is that neutral? Where, where do you stand with that? Uh, it's. I feel like it's kind of neutral. I still am afraid of doing the iPhones and iPads and stuff because if they're locked, you know, I know right. we had that discussion before, and some of the listeners told us how to unlock them. I still mm-hmm. don't quite believe that, though. I think it's right. still still kind of illegal to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so neutral. I think that's kind of where we ended up. So I, I, if thing, if everything was unlocked, it would have been a really good deal for me. But mm-hmm. he wasn't even sure that was the case, and so a lot of those things are just not even sellable. And so I, I have figured out. I mean, it's pretty straight up, like how to restore them to factory settings. But then when you go in, you know, you have that like little hello yeah. screen, and you click on stuff, and you click through, and you click on the Wi-Fi. Everything's going. If it's completely been wiped, then you get to go right to the main screen. But if it hasn't, it still prompts you with that. What's that Apple ID? What's the what's the password? And there's no way around that, man. I even tested it. I sold so one of the like newer iPod touches I I have I have listed on eBay and I sold I have it listed for super cheap. It's in great condition. It's a newer one. All good. I've listed it there for fifteen bucks and they're going for like, I don't know, fifty bucks. The mm-hmm. only issue is that it has that email attached so i figured well if that's a workaround issue this thing's gonna sell super fast hasn't right. sold yet so yeah. i think i'm with you on that yeah i think you went to get to that screen what i would be interested in though that about the electronics like that is there has to be some kind of a recycle value and i think if you dig some d- dug deep you might be able to find some people to actually buy those for the parts inside or mm-hmm. the gold or the titanium right. or whatever it is that's inside of those things yeah that and so might be yeah worth it. for sure good no i was just gonna finish that might be worth it for me if i found something like that so uh, yeah my strategy is just to pile them all into one lot and be like i've got four ipads with various issues four iphones very and just kind of put it on for an auction on ebay mm-hmm. so once i have, have that all sorted out mm-hmm. so to get to your to get to the point though to your question like my one sale so i sold like one of the ipod nanos for like 35 bucks minus shipping there you go. Cool. There's my sale of the episode. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We always like to hear that stuff. Well, the one that I have, this was really fun, and I think you'll appreciate this, is uh, being able to network with, with your friends and know that you're a reseller. So when they go to start throwing stuff out, they look, they think about you, and they're like, oh, I wonder if Mike would want this old piece of junk. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends gave me an old camera in a leather case. It was an Ar- Argus, Argus. Okay. Vintage camera and untested. It was still in the case. Strap was broken, all that stuff. And we ended up selling that finally. And it, it only sold for about a month or, or it only sat for about a month or two. Okay. And it finally sold for $13 plus ship. So, okay. 
a free item. a long time. For me, it's a long time to have something ship or to sit in the, in the eBay, like, listings. I know for some people, they're like, whatever, I'll let it sit for years. For me, I have such a hard time with that. I know. I know you yeah. do. It's like it's I, like the person who has all their tabs open on the computer, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, some of the tabs are the same. I just, that just drives me nuts. So, yeah. it's kind of the same category. Hundred okay. percent money with that one, but I am not as good as you. I think you have a secret formula on sell through rate somehow because mm. you you have like ten items in your store and you're selling thirty items in a week. It's just crazy. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I have experience and I have impatience. So those two things. So there's probably things I don't know. Like I've let them sit a little bit longer since we started our podcast, and there's things that have you know, zero views for weeks and then suddenly it'll sell. And right. in previous years, that would have just been donated. So it's right. definitely some impatience there. Right. Gotcha. Speaking of that. Um, oh, speaking of that, one of your, one of the iPhone boxes that you gave me over in Salt Lake, when we met in Salt Lake, it finally sold. Jeez, that thing sat for know, a long time. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous about all those, to be honest with you. But You're nervous? What does that mean? Nervous that they're not going to sell. Like they're oh. too old like the iphone fives fours sixes yeah i think that if it's something you just got for free who cares though right yeah it's just holding on to it right yeah i don't know okay gotcha. well I, I got a couple stories since we last recorded i'm trying to think of what where i want to go with this but um here's one that like maybe i don't know this is probably relatable to some folks out there this has never happened to me before but this just happened this last week i got so i sold a video game um on a Tuesday, uh -huh. I might have sold them. Whatever, I shipped it on Tuesday, so it sold. And then on Thursday, it arrived at its location. Like if you check the tracking, yeah. but on that same day, I got an email from eBay saying, "Hey, if you haven't sent this yet, don't send it. We're canceling the transaction because this is there's an issue with the buyer. Like this is some sort of like scam account." And so I was like, "Well, not only have I sent it, but it's arrived, so I can't get it back." Right. Yeah, so have you had something like that happen before? No, but that's interesting you bring that up because that's one of my uh, episode ideas is how to avoid the eBay scams or how to how to find them. So yeah. I'm on pins and needles. Tell me what happened. Okay. I mean, I don't know how to avoid this one because everything looks legit. And I got paid. I didn't send it before I got paid. So I just called up eBay. I was like, hey, I can't get this back. I don't know what you want me to do. And the mm -hmm. guy basically said, well, the transit, I mean, the guy said like, look, you got paid for it. They're not going to take the money mm -hmm. out of your account now that it's been, now that it's arrived. So <laughs> you simply have to do nothing and you're good to go. So really I have to continue to check to make sure the money wasn't taken out of my account, but that's what he said on the phone. So <laughs> we'll see, Interesting. but I just, I haven't had that happen before. Yeah, no, I'm glad that eBay is looking out for that stuff with fake accounts. We sold that, I was telling you, we sold that vintage sweater. Yeah. Finally. And I'm kind of like going to let Jen give the details on that one. But I looked at the buyer on it. There's zero reviews, zero feedback. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't please, know about that. Please, no returns. <laughs> I know. But it, it was a legitimate address. They paid. You know, I, I didn't get any weird feelings off of it. So hopefully okay. it was just somebody that started up a brand new account and we won't get a return on it. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens, man. But um... yeah. Congrats on that sale too. Thanks, so, brother. What are we talking about today? What's going on? So we were talking about unlocking eBay success with in mastering sell through rates and a little bit of information about Terapeak. Okay. Now, do you know what Terapeak is? I mean, you brought it up and I started playing around with it, but no. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Good. 
I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, but it's a, it's a really good research tool for eBay to see the sell through rates. It's kind of mm. like what you do in your own brain. <laughs> it sounds like you have your own therapy inside of your own brain, but it gives you hot categories, sell through rates. It gives uh, search listings, how many times the thing's been searched for, and then also how many are active listings. Mm-hmm. And then diving deep a little bit further into it, it actually gives you average selling price. And the biggest thing is it gives you up to a two-year, I think it's up to a two-year, I haven't went back very far in it, but up to a two-year research. So instead of the 90 days that the sold comps give you on the app, you can go through and go back two years. And then, and I, I haven't, I don't know everything about it, so... Don't, uh, please forgive me if I, if I'm misspeaking on something, if you guys, if y'all would like to see, to go dive deeper into therapy, just let us know in the comments below and I will do a ton of more research on it and get to really familiar with it. And then we'll do a separate episode where we really dive into what therapy is all about. But it's also, I noticed on there, it helps you create listings or how to suggest creating listings, which I thought was pretty interesting. It's almost hmm. like, it's almost like eBay gives you all the tools to do it all, you know, with hardly any effort anymore. It's kind of great. I love it. Okay. I guess I've, I've been able to do all this stuff without that. So I'm trying, I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure out why, what would be the worth the time investment for that? Because okay. if you're talking about researching, like what's selling, what's not selling, then you'd have to know that only makes sense if you have access to sourcing some of those things where you know you're gonna have access to it. If you're out just picking, so you're out like at an auction or a garage sale or whatever, you're not gonna know necessarily what you have access to unless, I guess unless they take pictures ahead of time, you're really okay. just investing the time up front. Is that correct? Yeah, I. That's it's really interesting that it's fascinating actually that your brain works that way because I, I would look at therapy and see what was selling what was, what was the hot stuff right now? And then I would look at the garage sales and estate sales for that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it would it would prep me to see what was selling so I can know what the source, rather than just going out there, like I, I've told you before, that I shotgun, just kind of buy a bunch of stuff and see right. what sticks. Right. Unlike you, you seem to know exactly what's hot and what's selling. So, I mean, I still miss stuff, of course. Sure, I'm sure we all do. That's yeah. that's where I see therapy uh, coming into play. Okay, so gold standard would be then you go onto the eBay site, you use Terapeak, you identify, let's say, three to four items. You're like, okay, these are things really? that are currently hot items that are selling for a good amount of you know return. And then you're able to go somewhere, wherever that is, and find those specific items to sell, right? Yes. Okay, then I would like to challenge you with that, I want you to, um, you could make a, like a video doing this where you say, okay, this is what I found. I found these three or four items. I am now on the hunt for these three or four items without wasting a whole lot of time. I'm going to find these in the next, let's say month or so. Yeah. And then you can, so you film kind of the upfront video and then like, this is what I found because I was able to research this. I was able to find these items and they sold for X amount of dollars. Do you think you could do that? Yep. I could except for we're on a holding pattern right now with buying any more stuff until we get down on the Tupperware. That's way less interesting. Way less interesting. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. It is. You guys are going to have to just bear with me for a little while. Until just I get buy down more on the stuff. Come on. I know. Yeah. We're going to get I tired of hearing it. Like the Tupperware is interesting. Don't get me wrong. 
But we're going to get tired of that for a while. You got to get some other stuff. People will never get tired of hearing us. Come on. No matter what we talk about. Uh, no. Yes. Incorrect. Yeah. You bring a good point. <laughs> and I have kept that in consideration for the listeners that have been following us with the Do the Tupperware journey. I know some of you really like to hear it, and some of you are like, oh my gosh, Tupperware. Like when's he going to buy more Frosted Snowman stuff? I know. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So some of the things to look out for right now are the Bakelite. So the... I think it's the, uh, is it the stuff, the uranium stuff? Is that what Bakelite is? Uranium? Like like in bombs? Yeah, it's actually in some of the uh, dishes. So you take a black light with you and a black light flashlight and you put it to the green dishes. <laughs> I know you're, I, I'm not, I can't see your face, but I know that you're laughing. <laughs> but it's a thing, I swear. Wait, I'm, I might be interested in these dishes can you hang on a second? I got a black light for them. <laughs> um, can you please leave the garage sale, sir? You're weirding me out is the response you're going to get. <laughs> for those of you that know what I'm talking about, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying a... you're wrong. I'm just saying it's weird. <laughs> it is. But it's, uh, it yeah, it's these green dishes that actually eBay is forbidding anybody to list anything that has uranium in it. So they have to put some kind of new thing in their description. But yeah, it's these green dishes <laughs> that glow. <laughs> I know. It's these green dishes that glow when you put a black light onto them and they're okay. super hot. Crazy. Like literally hot from radiation? Probably. Yeah. Okay. You can power, <laughs> forget the solar panels. You can power your own home with the uranium glass. If you smash the, the dish against the wall, does it explode? Oh, that's a good, that would make a great video. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like episode one, we're like, stay away from the dishes. And now you're circling right back to dishes. No, I'm giving you some of the, what, what, uh, Terapeak is, is okay. suggesting those great opportunities. All right. So, Charms um, so nuclear bomb dishes is number one. What's the next one? Uranium nuclear bomb, uh, bracelets and charms, headsets for cell phone accessories and building materials are their tops right now. Building materials. Building materials. Wholesale lots. Yep. Okay. On yep. eBay? It's gotta, yeah, it's got a great pass-through rate. You can sell anything on eBay, brother. Like, I know there's local top. pickup, but I'm get, I mean, you're really narrowing down your... Like, people, are people really going to search, are. you know, like a pallet of lumber? You are. And to go along with your point... There's only been 798 searches on this topic, and there's only 570 listings. Mm. So that's how narrow it is. But I think that was good, that you wanted more searches, right? You want more searches than listings. Yes, that's correct. But that, okay, think, think about the millions of users on eBay, and there's only, when I say, uh, 798 people that have searched for it out of the millions of users of yeah, eBay. Yeah, that means it's not in high demand. Not, not, yeah, it's not in high demand. Correct. But you just said that's something we should be selling. It is. It's the category has a higher list, higher search to listing ratio, and it's got a, a good sell through rate. Okay. So it's not the, not the quantity. It's just that, yeah, like you have a higher percentage of selling it as a result. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Gotcha. All right. So I'm, I'm really interested. You've got me even more curious now that we've been talking about the way that your brain works with, uh, with the sell through rate. So how do you factor that in there and take away from the experience? I know that's a big part of it, 
but your brain just automatically knows that there's not that many on eBay and you know that you're going to be able to sell them. Is that the way it works? Oh, I don't know how much there, I mean, I know some things I find there's not that much on eBay for sure, but no, it just, I just go based on experience. So I know certain types of things are going to sell. I, you know, I look up the comps in the spot. And so I think I, I looked up and it said that when you're reselling, if you can have overall like a 50 to 80% sell through rate, that's good. 50 seems low to me. I want to mm -hmm. be more on the 70 to 80% range. And I don't want to have to like donate or get rid of really anything. And so I just keep track of what's been selling and what doesn't sell. And then if you can, you know, package. So one strategy I've used is like, okay, if I can part out something, for example, let's say I'm selling a camera that comes with like an external microphone that comes with extra batteries. Yeah. I can sell the external microphone. I can sell the batteries. But what if they don't sell? Then I can package it with the the camera and sell it as an entire lot. So even though eBay wouldn't track that, that would, that would count as like two unsold items with the camera being potentially like a third item that did sell versus in my mind, those that's I'm three for three because all three items ended up selling. They all, they all went, all right. right? Yep. So not ideally, like ideally you want to be, if you're gonna try to partner it out, you're trying to make more money that way, but still in the end, I'm not donating any, any of those items. So I keep right. track of that and then I just remember but I don't always assume that if something's sold in the past, it's going to sell in the future because, you know, the market changes, demand changes. Mm -hmm. So I still check things out on an annual basis to make sure that they're still in demand. But, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. Like, in terms of mentally cataloging things, I just, yeah, you just have, you know, like, okay, this didn't sell. Therefore, now I'm deleting that from a mental catalog. I'm not going to buy that anymore. Or this this sold, but it took forever. That's not really worth my time. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Is that... I guess I'm not selling so many different things that that's hard. What do you think about that? No, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that and that's what you're doing is just the typical sell-through rate to the eBay app. You're looking at active listings compared to sold listings and then averaging that out for a sell-through rate. That's perfect. Okay. I thought that you were just, I don't know, like <laughs> you you just could figure that stuff out uh, in your brain off the top of your head because you you really do sell through a lot of stuff. It's like amazing how much you buy compared to how much you sell. And when you really look at that, you don't have that many active listings at any one certain one, one particular point in time. So, right. Yeah. 10 a week is what I do. 10 a week. See, that's insane to me. That's, that's wonderful. I think it's, I'm impressed. Well, thanks. Yeah. And they're not, all, I mean, I don't know. They're not always good. I try to, like I'll try to save some of the questionable items till like the end. Like I'll list those last. I'm running out of inventory, but yeah, but that's just based on years of experience of knowing what's going to sell. So I, yeah. I don't like I'll, I'll sell all 10 relatively often I'll say, but I don't always sell all 10 within the week. That doesn't always happen. Fair enough. Yeah. You're still, you still have a great sell through rate in your store or in yeah, your, does, in your eBay business. Cause you don't have a store, right? You just have the free seller account. Yeah, I don't think I sell it quite enough to to warrant a store. Gotcha. Is that right? Where would you suggest? Uh, well, if you're not paying insertion fees, then no, I wouldn't see getting a store. We with all this Tupperware, we started hitting our hitting our ceiling, so we had to upgrade. To What's the, the store. advantage of a store besides like you know reduced or like no insertion fees? The amount of listings, the the insertion fees is the only thing. There's really Besides that, do you now have a landing page for people to go to? So like 
we're getting known for Tupperware. So we're getting a lot of followers and people are coming to our site. And so instead of them just searching for our Tupperware, now they have a landing page. We have a Tupperware category. They can filter through and see what all we have in one spot. Yeah. So if I'm selling all the same things or a lot of similar things, that would make sense. Yeah. So sometimes I'll get buyers that buy more than one thing for me, but not typically. Yeah. We got a buyer that bought, I think she bought 15 of our, one of our items. That's a lot. I know. Like in once at one time. Yeah. One sell. She, she bought one of them and then Jen messenger messaged her and said, Hey, uh, you know, I've got 14 more of these, you know, are you interested in those? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Take them all. So that's that's like not five different packages, but you sold 15 things. You're dropping 15 things off the post office. Right? <laughs> no, we we it was the one it was for one person, so we packaged it in one box for but it. It's, but it's fifteen sales, like it's it like, is. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. So that's that's your that's like way better. Than, I've never done fifteen for somebody. That's awesome. Oh, that's a good point. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, she's going to be a repeat buyer. But that's one of the positives about having a store, and then the insertion fees. You know, I forget what it is. What is it? Two hundred and fifty listings plus sales so it's not just how many you list in a month but it's the items that sold in that month also add up to your 250. okay and so we bumped it up to a thousand because we're starting to hit that ceiling dang man yes i'm not even close to that like not even close yeah so uh you know when after when i die carl you're gonna have to come through my house and go through my house and you're i'm gonna be one of those eBay resellers that is just stuffed to the gills with stuff. It's gonna be in, it's gonna be in every corner. It's gonna be up on. Oh no, in that's like people's nightmare right there. Am I am I in your will really? Like for <laughs> like rando items, like anything here. This person gets this this item. Anything unlisted goes to Carl. <laughs> exactly, Carl oh gets my the, all my eBay stock. And that's the issue. And that's probably where it goes to like me, you know, being very incremental for what I'm listing, what I'm selling is. I have bins full of stuff, but I'll go through all the bins before the next season starts. So I'll, I'll have, you know, by the time February, March roll around or even April, I'm, I'm out of inventory. I'm not selling hardly anything at that point because mm-hmm. I've, I've gone through all that stuff. And so there's this like cycle to it. Whereas I think the professionals, there's no cycle. There's just this ongoing, like, you know, sometimes they got a lot, sometimes they got a little, but they always got something. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And you are exactly, I think, what a lot of people that started reselling are doing reselling for, and that's just a supplemental income, right? Right. I know a lot of people want to do it full-time, but it's really stinking hard. So I think most of them, our listeners do it the way that you do. And I'm impressed and admire the fact that you are actually able to supplement your income with doing this. It's incredible. Yeah. There's always, yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. There's always the risk, though, of doing it that way and then not having the cycle. And so- the guy that I bought the, you know, the Apple stuff from, his wife is always excited when I come over because I'm always taking stuff out of the house because he doesn't go through his stuff. He doesn't cycle through it. And so he just ends up collecting wow. and then he'll he'll purge periodically. But when he purges, he's not purging everything. So there's always like junk around, so to speak. Yeah. Which is frustrating for spouses. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I'm the same way. My garage, I want my garage back and it's only been a couple of months and it's still packed full of Tupperware. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. So you kind of touched on what we're going to talk about today, reselling or sell through rates. And there's one easy way that you touched on that to go about calculating the result, the sell through rates. 
And that is with the eBay app. And what you do is you go into, you type in whatever, take a picture, scan the barcode, whatever it is, type it in. You bring up the item that you're searching for. And at the very bottom, you look through how many are active listings. Listings. Let's just use, there. there's 50 active listings for this example. And then when you click over, you go over to the filters and click over to the sold and completed. And then at the bottom of that one, it's going to tell you how many has sold in the last 90 days. And so let's just say that one's a hundred. So what we have is a hundred sold items and 50 active listings. And you want to take the hundred and divide it by 50 and then times it by a hundred to get the percentage rate. Right? So in this case, uh, 50 and 50. So 50 active, 50 sold would be a hundred percent sell through rate. 100 sold, 50 active listings would be a 200% sell through rate. And that's phenomenal. That's what I want to find all day long. Okay. That's how they figure out sell through rates. That's not how I thought. I just thought it'd be like total listings versus total sold. Total plus total. See, now you're trying to complicate it. No, I just thought that the basic sell through would just be total listings. Like compared to total sold. So in the last month, I listed 50. And yes. out of those 50, I sold 25. Therefore, my sell-through rate is, is 50%, 25 out of 50. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Basic, okay. same same principle, same math right there. Then Just, there's never a scenario where you're going to have 200%, right? You can <laughs> the scenario where you have 200% sell-through rate. The max is you can only sell what you've listed. So if you have 50... If you have 50 active, but but 100 of them have sold, mm-hmm. that's a 200% sell-through rate. Yeah, we are not talking about the same thing. Not even close. <laughs> really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You have 50 active. So 50 are active. They have not sold. They have not. But, but prior to that, you've sold 100. Yes. Yeah, I'm not talking about that whatsoever. I'm saying last month, I listed 50. Out of the 50 that I listed... I sold 25, so I have 25 remaining, and I sold 25. I sold half of the listings that I had last month. Yeah. My sell-through rate is 50%. Yeah, we're talking about the same thing. Okay, I don't want to go down the math rabbit hole here, but it doesn't sound like it to me. <laughs> yeah, in, in theory, in mathematics, we're talking about the same thing. So I did a deep dive in this last night. That's why I know. That's why I feel confident in that I know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying that what I'm talking about it sounds different than what you're talking about. No, I get it. And then there's a couple of YouTubers out there that explained it really badly and real and wrong. And that's no problem. But I went on some finance websites and really looked into what and business websites to look at what sell-through rates were. And what you're saying is exactly what I'm saying, unless I'm totally off base here. But it's the same principle to find a sell-through rate. Yours, your numbers are just different. You, you sold 25, you had 50 listings. That would be 50% sell through rate. Okay. Okay. I'll, I just, I'll, it, I'm going to step aside and, and trust you on this one. So, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And if I'm wrong, you guys can feel free to correct me too. Just uh, shoot me a text or you guys are very confident in calling me out in the comments. So I'll take that too. All right. Because I, I don't pretend to know everything. I am learning this stuff as I go. And that's why I didn't want to do a deep dive into ther- Peak, because I don't fully understand the program yet. I don't want to give people wrong information. But when it comes to business and mathematics, I've got a pretty good grasp on things. Okay. 
But that's an easy way. Like if you, let's just talk through a scenario where you're looking up something and you're like, hey, I've got, I got 50 pieces of chewing gum, you know, Wrigley chewing gum with this yard sale. And I look at the sold comps and they've sold 250 of them sold in the last 90 days. That's an easy buy, right? It's got an easy sell through rate. It's got a big sell through rate. Potentially. Like it depends on what you're but, selling for, right? I know you want to sell stuff. For, you like to sell stuff for like 50 cents. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't get hung up on what the cost was. It was a fake scenario. On I know. <laughs> but the gum's not going to resell for a whole lot. I don't want to buy the gum, Mike. <laughs> oh, you're too like, much, let's, let's find, what about like a single sheet of paper? Like the paper's been selling. Like I'm not going to sell the paper because it's not, it doesn't sell for a whole lot. Okay, Carl, you buy 45 Super, Super Mario Brothers, original NES. You buy 45 of them and they've, and there's, uh, and you've, and there's 250 of them have sold and you bought them all for a quarter. Okay. Is that a good sell-through rate? Or are you picking them up? Uh, yeah. I mean, a quarter. That's a good deal, right? <laughs> exactly. It's not chewing gum. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. You have anything else to add on to the seller, the sell-through rate? No, you know more about this well? than I do. I'm just, um, I'm just the guest. Like you're having me on as a guest. But not an expert. So, but do you I'm are an expert? As we go. You are an expert. I not on the official like terminology and stats and all that stuff. But you know how to figure it out, and it's the same thing. Look at active listings. Look at sold listings. Make sure that it's got some sales in there, and then you know it's a good deal. Okay. Right. Okay. That's so, exact- how do you suggest people use this? You know, your average person, they're looking up your chewing gum. They're looking up the frosted snowman door hangers. They're looking up their Tupperware. What, you know, how, how are they using this? What's the practical advice here? Refer back to section one where I said, you look up the active listings. If you got 25 active listings and you have 150 of them have sold buy it. It's a probably gonna, it's going to have a good sell through rate. And it's probably going to sell pretty well. Okay. So the step-by-step process for that is you're clicking, you're doing a search whether it's on your app or on your computer, and then you modify the search to include only the completed listings. Completed and then sold. Completed and sold, and then that's how you do the comparison. Correct. Okay, there you go. It's a great way. As long as there's more sold than active, and you don't want that number to be very close to each other either. Like, okay. you know. The hard part right. about that is that some items, mm-hmm. like the market is flooded and but the sales are still good it's going to be hard to scroll through like how many active listings there are of a certain thing versus how many (laughs) have sold because there's like it's you're scrolling through pages and pages and pages and then when you click on completed and sold you're scrolling through pages and pages and pages that's where experience comes in yeah it tells you at the bottom of the screen you don't have to scroll through it says how many are active and how many have sold there's other stats at the bottom yeah, stats okay, at the bottom. Another, another pro tip right there. <laughs> another pro. <laughs> the eBay app. Oh my god, my head hurts. Okay, I I think I'm <laughs> using my computer more than the app is probably the issue. I've I found that when I'm out picking, my yeah. app works like half the time, so it's harder for me to yeah. rely on it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one too. And then there are a couple of workarounds for Terapeak because Terapeak isn't on the app; it's just on the website. 
but there are a couple ways that you can get the app onto your home screen if you're an Apple user. Okay. All right. So if you like this podcast and uh, we'd appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button and also on Apple, Apple podcasts, if you give us a review, it really helps us out since we are still growing. People haven't quite found us yet. And then you can follow us on all of our social medias at Pickers Podcast. And over on X, Pickers Podcast was already taken. So it ha- I had to choose Podcast Pickers, which uh, <laughs> a few of you, a few of you have fo- uh, found us over there, which is kind of cool. I love connecting with our, with our listeners. That's great. All right, Carl, are you ready for a Tupperware update of the week? Yes. What's going on with Tupperware? Tupperware. Tupperware is going good. It is flying off the shelf. It's not quite the sales that uh, Jen would really hope for, but it's still it's still moving quick. She's uh, she's listing a ton. So, cost rundown is that we bought the Tupperware nineteen hundred dollars all in, and so far as of today, we have made five hundred ninety six dollars and seventy two cents. That okay. is net. That is net profit. That's po- money in our pocket. Okay. So and I think you that, and I define profit differently, right? How would you define it? Well, if you spent $1,900 and you haven't made your $1,900 back, you've made zero profit. Right, exactly. So net, so the 596 net sales. is net sales. Yeah, yeah. correct. Net so sales going towards the 1900 Yeah, so two things. So you're a quor- about a quarter of the way back to even with exactly. still a ton of things you said that you haven't sold yet or haven't even listed. And then second thing is, I think it's awesome that you're keeping track of the cents too, 72 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't yeah. round up, man. You got to be specific. In I world. keep track of the cents too. So I think it's that's, fun. Yeah. To be honest with you, that's the only sense that I have. So ah, I have to track <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> is this uh, another bear episode? <laughs> All right, so All right. that's a good Tupperware update. So five ninety six, and so we'll see how you're doing next time. Yep, thirteen hundred to go. Forty one listings have sold, and that is an average net sales profit, net sales of fourteen dollars and fifty five cents, which okay. is really impressive. Yeah. All right. Good like deal. It. All right. So I know this is the part that you've been waiting for, Carl, and that you've missed the most, and this is trivia. My trivia. I, I actually was really hesitant to do trivia with you when, you when we started up this podcast, but now I actually kind of like it, and I think I got some good <laughs> trivia questions for you. All right. What you All got? Right, ready for the first one? Yeah. This is a softball, and it's multiple choice. In what year was eBay's website launched? Was it A, 1995, B, 1991, or C, 2035, because that's when Elon Musk fi- bought the final part for his SpaceX tra- time travel capsule off of eBay so he can time travel back to 2019. Nice. Uh, was it really 1995? 1995 is the correct uh, answer, I yes. I would have guessed like 97 or 98 if I had to guess. So that's oh, really? It's earlier than I thought. Okay, nice. cool. I love it. All right, we're one out of three so far. Two left to go. What was your what was the first item ever sold on eBay in this multiple choice? Was it A PayPal pencils? 
Was it B, a broken laser pointer? Or was it C, Pierre Omidyer's toenail clippings? I, okay, I don't think PayPal existed when eBay started, so that wouldn't make sense. A broken laser pointer. Uh, I don't know who that Pierre guy is. I'll go with the, I'll go with the clippings just for fun. <laughs> See, Pierre. Pierre was the founder of eBay. Mm, that's disgusting. But no, it wasn't his toenail clippers. It was, in fact, the broken laser pointer, and it okay. sold for $14.83. Nice. Then. And promptly was returned because it was broken. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they had a, or hopefully they didn't, they did not get an, in, uh, not as described. What is that? In, NIS or yeah, INS, something NAS. like that. Right. NAS. NAD. All right. Okay. Number three. So you're two for three so far with one more to go. What was the most expensive item ever sold on eBay? Was it A, a jar of authentic unicorn tears that promised eternal happiness? Was it B, the secret map to a lost city made entirely of chocolate? Or was it C, a private jet for $4.9 million? Mm, this is a fun question. I like this one. Oh, it's got to be the jet. It's got to be the jet, right? The jet is correct. You didn't okay. what? You wouldn't fall for the unicorn tears? I really thought no, I was going to No, I could see that selling, though. Like, I could still see somebody trying to peddle that stuff. Did you know, okay, speaking of, like, the 90s, there's a, there was a commercial in the mid-90s that was doing, like, Pepsi points. And so you, like, got points for, like, the labels or the proof of purchases, yeah. and then you could buy, like, mm -hmm. sunglasses and that. Do you know this story? You know what I'm talking about? No, but I remember the Pepsi points. Okay. So they made this commercial like this, you know, cool kid in high school. He's got the Pepsi sunglasses, five points. Mm -hmm. He's got the Pepsi tote bag, 10 points. I don't know how many points it's worth. And then at the end of the commercial, in comes like a Harrier jet, Harrier jet, like 7 million points. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Did you, did you know that somebody actually tried to get the Harrier jet? No, they, they had enough points. Yeah. They figured out a way to get the points for the Harrier jet and they, because eventually Pepsi was like, they put a numeric value to points, like a monetary value. And so right. you could basically buy points. And, it, and if somebody was willing to put up, essentially it was like $700,000, you could, you could buy the jet. You'd have enough points to buy the jet. Wow. And so some kid, like, like our age at the time, got sure. an investor that he happened to know because he was a mountain he was a mountain guide and he's guiding like, you know, super rich people. He had befriended one and this person put mm -hmm. up the points and they like presented Pepsi. They're like, all right, we want the, we want the jet. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, that was like a joke. You can't what? have the jet. Yeah. You can't have a jet. We don't have a hairier jet for you. And so they made him an offer to like buy him out at like a million dollars. And so, and the kid's like, yeah, I, I want the jet. <laughs> 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 and apparently, so they made a documentary about this. I just recently watched it. I forget which platform was on. And they, yeah, like this is now because Pepsi at the bottom of the commercial didn't put that like, you know, disclaimer. They didn't have a disclaimer because it was for yeah. them. It was clearly a joke. This is now that scenario is in like all the law books about whether like this kid should have gotten the jet or not. So right. check out the documentary. I think it's like called Pepsi. Where's my jet is the name of it. Oh, crazy. Check it out to find crazy. what happened. 
Yeah. Those are crazy stories. And speaking of documentaries, you were texting me last night about a documentary that you're watching. What What is the name of it? It's called, this one's on Netflix. It's called The Pez Outlaw. Okay. And this is basically a documentary about reselling and sourcing. So, okay. and it's good. It's like pretty well made. So I think there's like one bad word in the whole thing. So okay. it's pretty clean, but just beware there's one bad word. And then it's just it's just entertaining. And I think that you should have the guy on, the Pez Outlaw. Okay. What's his yeah. name? We'll call him out. His last name is Glue. I forget what his first name is. Uh, glue. Mr. Yeah. Glue, if you're Mr. listening, glue. if you're one of our <laughs> listeners, hit me up at pickerspodcast at gmail.com yeah. and we will have you on the show. You got to do better than that. You got you to gotta invite him. Oh, I got to invite him? Yeah. He probably has a publicist. He probably does. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll As a podcaster, where we're not fans of publicists. They just like get in the way and are super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. All right, my friend, it's been super fun to have you on the show again. And like I told our listeners, you aren't going anywhere. You're still going to be around. It's just busy for you. And Correct. I, I will take you anytime you will come on the show. So thanks, thanks man. for Appreciate coming back that. on. And remember, folks, go find your own treasures one story at a time. And it's not reselling. <laughs> if you're not listing those parts for your time travel device. <laughs> <laughs>